This is episode 127, Stop Saving Others and Start Loving Yourself with Alice. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the show. Coming to you from Australia, as you know, I'm spending the month of February here. And so far, it's been an amazing trip. I started doing my intensives and sessions with some Aussies over here. So got to meet some of the podcast listeners face-to-face and do some incredible work with them. I'm pretty much filling up, but I still can probably get a few people in if you're still interested in a session with me. While I'm in Oz, and I don't even offer these back in the States, you can email jill at christinehasser.com and she'll send you the pricing info. I'm doing one hour, uh, four hour, or full day intensives. Before we dive into the show, I want to take a moment and thank our sponsors. One that I'm particularly enjoying is Daily Burn. I'm using my free trial right now, and I'm going to tell you at the end how you can get your free trial. So Daily Burn is awesome. It's the fitness program you can stick to and gets results at last. They're the world's leading provider of on-demand video workout programs you can do at home or in an Airbnb like me. Anywhere, you can do it with a connected device. So it's super convenient for frequent travelers, busy parents, and anyone who just doesn't have the time to make it to a gym or just doesn't want to go to a gym. Daily Burn has thousands of classes for every level of athlete. They take less time than the gym, cost way less than fancy exercise gadgets, and require little to no equipment. Daily Burn provides a personalized workout plan that allows you to choose expert-led results of every kind, including cardio, yoga, kickboxing, dance, and much more. Plus, they stream a new live workout every day, so you'll never get bored. And if you need a little extra motivation, they have an active online community where you can share your fitness journey and connect with Daily Burn trainers and members just like you. So here is your awesome action step. Go to dailyburn.com slash over it and start your free 60-day trial. Two months, you guys. Again, that's dailyburn.com slash over it. dailyburn.com slash over it. And now for all you freelancers and small business owners out there, we're coming up on tax season and there's a good chance that many of you are trying to dig your way out from underneath a pile of receipts and spreadsheets, or you're just living in denial and hoping that April doesn't come. Do yourself a huge favor and stop digging. Before you completely disappear under that abyss of paperwork, go and check out FreshBooks cloud accounting software. Not only is it going to save you a lot of time and stress, it might actually change the way you feel about dealing with your taxes. Need to send your accountant a quick summary on the amount of tax you've collected last year? How about pulling together a P&L, profit and loss summary? FreshBooks can generate these reports in seconds instead of the hours it would take you to do them. You can even set up FreshBooks to import expenses directly from your bank accounts, which means next time you use your debit card for that meal, tank of gas, or new computer, boom, the purchase is recorded instantly in FreshBooks. And FreshBooks is ridiculously easy to use. It's made especially for people who don't like dealing with numbers and their taxes. Right now, FreshBooks is offering a 30-day unrestricted free trial to my listeners. To claim it, just go to FreshBooks com slash Christine and enter over it and on with it in the how did you hear about us section. 
All right. So my call today is with Alice and this is a beautiful call. And it's one of those calls where it takes us a few minutes to really get to the meat of it because there was so much that Alice shared with me that I really wanted to attune to what could best serve her. And what we ended up getting to is really helping her see that she lives in a bit of the savior archetype. She really identifies with doing for others, taking care of others, so much so that she was actually late to our call by about 15 minutes because at work she got caught up in helping others. And people that fall into that savior archetype, that happens to them a lot. They end up sacrificing themselves, sacrificing their time in quote unquote service to others. But is that really service when we're not making choices that support our own self-care? I'm a big fan of being self-honoring. That is not selfish. I'm not a big fan of saving other people or being a people pleaser because I think that empties our cup and actually gets in the way of us really being able to serve at our highest potential. And if you're vibing with what I'm saying, you're not going to want to miss my upcoming Coach's Corner with Marie Forleo. I interviewed her last year as well. This is a new interview, but we talk a lot about how making an impact in the world really happens when you do what you love. When it's not about going out and saving other people, but really doing what you love. So make sure to check that out when it airs. But you'll hear what we get to with Allie is that she's so caught up in this service as a way of connecting. And what she's really longing for is to connect and trust and have healthy relationships that are based on vulnerability and love and sharing and acknowledgement versus her saving someone or doing things for someone. So as you're listening to this call with Alice, consider, are you still carrying around your childhood trauma or even your parents' pains, fears, and belief systems? Do you want to feel more connected and have better relationships in your life? What is your relationship with trust like? Do you trust others? Do you trust yourself? Do you like to take care of others so much so that you're actually better at that than you are at taking care of yourself? So keep these questions in mind as you listen to my coaching session with Alice. Alice, welcome to the show. What's your question? Hi, um, I'm just struggling with kind of the dynamics with my relationship with my parents and um, like how that influences the relationships that I'm having with friends and with like significant relationships and stuff like that. And how old are you? I am 28. 28. And what is your relationship with your parents? Um, well, we were war refugees. Okay. And so we have kind of um, a lot of trauma in our family. Um, we came to the United States when I was eight years old. And so um, I think they have a lot of unaddressed, like PTSD. Yeah. And, um, you know, I have like secondary PTSD just from my interactions with them. So those are all kind of things that I have worked on and tried to resolve and, and like, continuously work on but mm -hmm. it's not never something that's um but it's still I feel it affecting my relationship with like men and with mm -hmm. my friends and, and stuff like that how do you see it affecting those relationships I just think I'm not very trusting okay yeah so I, I generally just don't um yeah I don't have I have a, I have a problem I think trusting other people especially friends and how does that show up? 
like, do you not let them get very close to you? Do you expect them to flake on you? Like how did, how does that not trusting them show up? I think it definitely goes, I definitely think that, you know, um, I'm more guarded with them. And so, um, which kind of, I, I guess for them, it, it, I guess they see it as like, I'm being a good friend because I'm listening a lot, but really just like, and it, but there is that kind of like standoffish part of me where I'm not really sharing mm. parts of myself to them. Um, and I think the same thing with like, um, dating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And how do you want to be? How do you want to show up as a friend? How do you want to be dating and being in relationship? I don't know. I hope that I can get to a point where I'm I'm able to connect on, on a deeper level where I'm actually trusting people. And I don't know when I'm like with my, my, with my relationship with my mom, I feel like there's a lot of ways where we're completely, like she doesn't know who I am, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, which I think makes it really difficult for, um, you know, me to kind of move forward with, with, I don't know, with other relationships, because it's like, if I can't even be close to her, how am I going to be close to anybody else? What, what keeps you not close to your mom? What's the barrier there? Um, she's very religious and, and because she, you know, grew up in this very kind of like, she's, she was very strict with my brother and I, and, Mm. um, like even the other day we were going to, we were going to go on a hike and we're walking through the neighborhood and this dog was like in the, um, in the front lawn of this house in my parents' neighborhood. And, um, I asked its owner, I was like, Oh, is she friendly? And, um, you know, the owner was like, yeah, yeah. And so I started to pet the dog and my mom was like, she was like, Oh, Anita, you, you're like a child. Like, why would you pet the stranger's dog? And the woman just looked at her like, uh, no, she did. She asked her, you know, and she asked if it, if it was friendly or whatever. But I just had that moment of realization of like, that's what she thinks of me. Like, I'm just a child to her, yeah. even though I'm almost 30. Yeah. So do you feel judged by her? Yeah. 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 So it sounds like even your parents grew up in, it sounds like a lot of chaos and war. That's accurate. Yeah. And then they came mm-hmm. here. So even though most of your childhood after eight years old, you, do you remember before eight, not feeling safe, like in the world, do you remember living? What, where were you yeah. living? Um, yeah. So we were, that's actually funny. Cause that's, that's my first memory is we were refugees in Germany. And my first memory is of, um, like being at our host family's house. And I just remember my mom being there and she, was crying to our host mother because our father wasn't with us. And she was saying, um, like, oh, my husband is dead to this, like, German lady in our language. Um, and she just kept repeating it and repeating it. And that's my first memory, which, like, I have, you know, I totally understand how that, like, impacts my relationship with men nowadays because I just have this very fear-based, I don't know, connection with with my dad even, you know, and, and how that is my first memory and why that's like very important. Mm-hmm. Was your father dead? No, no. He, he didn't join us until like six months ago. Okay. And, 
So why was your mom saying that? We had left the refugee camp, but he was still back like in like a, like, I guess like a prisoner camp or something. So she didn't know where he was. And so um, she thought that he was dead. Gotcha. Okay. So she wasn't lying. That's actually what she thought. Mm-hmm. And and how how are you connecting that to your relationship with men? I don't see the connection yet. I think I'm, I don't know. I think I'm like very disconnected and and mm-hmm. and fearful of mm-hmm. of losing people. Um, but but you I'm didn't also, lose anyone. No, no. But I at that moment I thought I did. I guess. Okay. Okay. And that was how you heard the news was your overhearing your mom saying to someone else that your dad was dead and you didn't even know Mm -hmm. that was okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So you've had a lot in your 28 years. And even when you got to the United States and you felt safe, it sounds like you still didn't even feel safe in your own home. You sounds like you're raised in a very fear-based home. And on top of that, it sounds like it there wasn't a lot of love, like a lot of unconditional love and affection and acknowledgement. Is that accurate? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So you mentioned that you've done a lot of work on this. What kind of work have you done? I go to therapy Uh and I go to yoga. Okay. And what kind of therapy? Um, We're doing like regression therapy and CBT. Okay. Have you ever seen anyone to help you deal with the actual trauma? like EMDR or somatic therapy? Yeah, my therapist does specialize in EMDR, but we haven't gotten to that point yet, but you'd recommend it? Well, you know, do you feel, do you trust your therapist? Do you feel like, is it he or she? He. Do you feel like he's helping? I think so. How do you think the therapy's helping? I definitely feel connected. Like I've gone, I started therapy before and then I just sort of quit <laughs> mm-hmm. um, when it gets too hard, which I think people p- can probably relate to. Um, but with him, like I, d- I do feel like I I can share with him and um, yeah, yeah. So it, it it's a and it's also the first time I've ever had a male therapist, mm-hmm. which is great because if you're working on trust issues specifically with mm-hmm. men. It's great yeah. to have a man. And do you feel you can be completely uninhibited in therapy? Like you don't judge yourself. You don't second guess yourself. You say whatever's on your mind. You ask whatever questions you need. I'm not fully there yet, but I'm more there than I have been in okay. the past. Great. Well, I really, really encourage that because, yeah. you know, what I just want to presence for you and for everybody listening is you were a war refugee. And then even when you got to the States, mm-hmm. it was like you were still living in war because that fear-based, uh, the fear-based way of living came with your family. And on yeah. top of that, it doesn't sound like you were raised in a very warm and loving home. So in a mm-hmm. lot of ways, you're a little bit developmentally stunted, right? Yeah. So you're 28, but you're also eight in a lot of ways. And I don't mean that in a patronizing way at all. Yeah. I really just have compassion for where you are and want you to understand that things that may come easily for other to other 28-year-olds may not come as easily to you yet. That doesn't mean mm-hmm. you can't shift or change. So a really big thing, Alice, is not to internalize your own mother's judgment and fear. Okay. 
would you say that you tend to be hard on yourself? Definitely. Yeah. And that's not helping. Mm -mm. That's not helping. And why making friends, I think, is something that you're really longing for is because you want to experience connection with people. But when we're disconnected from ourselves and we're judging ourselves so harshly, it's really hard to build intimacy and trust with other people because we can't give to others what we don't give ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I'm curious, you know, why he's doing CBT with you. So for so just so the listeners know, that's cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, mm-hmm. And that's really about changing, you know, present and future behavior. So what kind of work are you doing around that? Well, I have pretty bad anxiety. And so I uh-huh. think that that was why he chose CBT just to sort of stabilize myself and uh-huh. um, working like on breathing and like um, changing the way that I think and um, like reforming like what I think about and where my brain goes when Great. when I have like intrusive thoughts. And is it working? Yeah. Okay. Beautiful. Beautiful. Okay. So after, you know, now that you are managing the anxiety a little better and he's helping you with that, which is, which is great. The, the other part is, and you've listened to the show, so you probably heard, have heard me talk about reestablishing that connection with the little Alice inside of you. And you're going to have to learn to be a mother. Do you have a puppy or a dog? No, I have a cat. You have a cat. What have you learned about being a mom to a cat? Um, it's, you know, selfless. Well, I don't know if it's selfless, but I feel like when I do something for him, he's still like my little companion. So. Mm-hmm. Do you judge him? No. Do you tell him what he's doing wrong? Sometimes. Well, is it is it a judgmental you're doing it wrong or is it when he's tearing no. up your couch and you're disciplining? There's a difference, right? Yeah. You would never tell him, oh, you're purring wrong. Right. Right? When he's just being himself, like the way you were with mm-hmm. that dog that you saw. Mm-hmm. So can you see how you've been almost learning to mother through mothering your pet? Yeah. Can you see that? And can you see how, what's your cat's name? Tyson. Tyson. And can you see how the way you are with Tyson would be a beautiful way to be with yourself and to actual humans? Yeah. So why deprive yourself of the love that you give so freely to Tyson? Yeah, that's true. Why don't you deserve love and connection, Alice? What's wrong with you? I don't know. I don't know. I never thought about it like that because I think the way that I see it is that like they do love me. They just, my mom definitely grew up in a place where she, like no one ever told her they loved her. And so Mm -hmm. I think for her, her interactions with her kids are, that's better than what she had. And so I see it that way too. You know, like I don't, I know it's not normal and it's not healthy and I have so many problems because of it, but I also Mm -hmm. am like, I do. Yeah. Like her love isn't, yeah, I don't know. It's not. Well, and the answer to that question I was asking you is nothing's wrong with you, but my sense is that you really see yourself as damaged. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And if you continue to see yourself as damaged, it's going to feel harder and harder to quote unquote fix yourself. Right. 
I understand you had a tough road. Alice, we all have our tough roads in our unique ways and we choose it for a reason. And so I think it would serve you to really look at why did I choose this path? So -hmm. if you look at it from a soul level in terms of why you chose the path that you did, in terms of the lessons you learn or how it translates to how it translates to your purpose here. Why do you think you picked the path in the family that you did? How is it serving you? What did you learn? I think that I have high levels of empathy for people. Mm-hmm. And I know that like I do teach my mom to look at things like in a different way. And I know that like it's progressing from from what it used to be and I have seen it seen it change. So I think maybe that's my reason for choosing this path is is to like to help them on their path. Well, I think empathy and compassion is part of it. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and helping them is beautiful yet. You really want to be able to be self-honoring enough to look at how it's serving you. Maybe part of what you're doing is breaking generational patterns. Yeah. Of fear. That makes sense. And so I don't want this to sound cold, but it's almost like I want you to give yourself permission to break away from them and not, not save them. Let your, cause here's, here's what I've learned. When we heal ourselves and do our own work, that can affect our generational patterns forward and backwards. That's way more effective than trying to help or save someone. So influence them through your own example, through your own life, rather than Mm -hmm. trying to help them or teach them in any way. Because they might yeah. not be ready to wake up in this life and you have to give yeah. them the dignity of their process. Okay. But for you, there's a couple themes that I want to emphasize. One, Alice, you've got to stop looking at yourself as damaged and completely traumatized and messed up. You can have the awareness of your journey, the awareness that you're a little disconnected, the awareness that you have some walls up. But if you keep reinforcing this story, it's going to be harder and harder. And here's the thing. You do not need to attract love through people feeling bad for you. You don't need a sob story to connect or be valuable. Unfortunately, this, the struggle is kind of all, you know, Yeah. and what do you do for work? I'm a social worker. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So you might you might want to Google and read a little bit about the savior archetype. Okay. There's a bunch of kind of um shadow archetypes we can get into and the savior is one of them. So so Google it and Carolyn Mace okay. does great work on that. Um but a lot of times that's what happens is people that have had experiences like you go and try to save themselves through saving the world. But then all it does is creates more resentment and keeps reinforcing the wound. Now, I'm not saying being a social worker isn't a great thing, but it's almost Mm -hmm. like I'd like you, you know, I want you to go be your own best client first. So you're you're coming as a social worker from a place that's more full. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because I definitely feel like um, and I've seen this in past relationships where I can, I, I just 
distract myself mm-hmm. from from myself by focusing on helping other people and um yeah. yeah. I totally see that. Yeah. I mean, even the fact that we had a call scheduled at a certain time and you were late for mm-hmm. it because you were helping yeah. others. Yeah. <laughs> That's the pattern. Yeah. That's the pattern. That's true. Luckily, I was able to adjust, Alice, but life won't be like that all the time. You're going to yeah. keep missing out on opportunities for you because you keep sacrificing yourself for others. Yeah. And that's what you think you need to do to get love. You had to do it growing up and it's you need to stop. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And I know that this is just the awareness step and I'm so glad you're working with a good therapist to work on this. Share with him what mm-hmm. you learned and and stop filtering yourself in therapy. Yeah. Really go for it in terms of what you want to express and even even call out, you know, I'm worried about what you're thinking about me right now. Okay. You know, you need that kind of relationship with your therapist in order for the therapy to be really effective. Yeah. The other thing I would say is do think, I'm glad you do yoga, do other things that get you in your body, dance, mm-hmm. be in, be in nature with bare feet, breathe, make eye contact with people. Start just practicing with strangers when you're out in the world. Give people a compliment because I feel like the only way you know how to connect to people is when you're in helper role. Yeah, that's true. And so for you to feel fulfilled, you need to be able to learn how to connect to people just as you, as Alice, not Alice the helper. Because yeah. you, my love, have so much more to offer than that. And then when you're not playing into the savior archetype, you can really serve. Yeah. And you'll be able to see how this whole, your whole life has led you to where you are now. So you can have compassion for people and not sympathy. So you can be a light and be a light worker, but not be a savior, not take on other people's stuff and not completely deplete yourself. That makes a lot of sense. And then the other thing is, you, you have a great example with Tyson of how to nurture and mother without saving, right? Like you just get to love him. Yeah. And so practice that with yourself. It's like when you, when the mean voice comes up in your head, say, okay, how would I talk to Tyson right now? Or how would I talk to a child that I work with right now? Would I ever talk to my cat or the child in this way? How do you feel after we've been talking? I I feel like I have to to read more up on this favor archetype because it does sound like that hit home for me. Okay. Um and it has been something that's always been a presence and that and I haven't actually addressed that in therapy. Um but it yeah, it it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Does this give you some things to work with? Definitely. Okay. And what can you um, what can you tell me about yourself that's amazing? Hmm. Um, I am a really wonderful writer. Ooh, more of that. <laughs> that's great. That's yeah. a great way to heal is through creativity. Yeah. You know, I wrote about that in Expectation Hangover, that creativity is a great coping mechanism. So yeah. you're an amazing writer. What else? Um, 
I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Give me three um, adjectives that are make you awesome. I'm friendly. Mm-hmm. And Can you say that again without it sounding like a question? <laughs> I'm friendly. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I care about something, I care very, very deeply. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a lot of, I come from like a very pure place, I think, with people. Mm-hmm. Not so much for myself, but for other people, definitely. Okay, and you're going to change that so it comes from you too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one more? Um, I think I'm really thoughtful. I I, I definitely live by the rule um, that, you know, to treat other people how you want to be treated. And um, that's just, I'm always almost overthinking, like, how will this make somebody else feel? And Okay. So this, this, yeah, (laughs) this isn't such a positive quality. So we'll, we'll say that the, I'll, I'll give you one. You're, you're, you're self-aware and you're willing to grow. You have a commitment to growth. And what I want you to do, Alice is, is reverse the golden rule. Do unto yourself as you do unto others. Okay. And do you know what? I feel so much more connected to you now after you were sharing (laughs) all the amazing things about you. So I want, I want to really presence that because I want you to see that you can, you can connect to people by just sharing who you are. Mm-hmm. Do you feel connected to me? Yeah. Did you have to save me or, or take care of me on this no. call? <laughs> Isn't it cool how yeah. we can connect without you having to save? Yeah. Yeah. Go save you. Okay. Go save you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And keep me posted on your progress. So as you heard, there was a lot in this call. There was a lot Alice had to deal with. And you could probably tell from her voice that she's probably still a bit disconnected, right? She's probably not fully in her body, in her spirit, in herself. Because for so many years of her life, she had to live in kind of PTSD growing up as a war refugee is, is not an easy path. And even though she got to move to the States when she was still fairly young, her parents were still probably pretty traumatized by what happened. And so even though they were out of that country, the energetic, the feeling of it, all the kind of fear came with them. And that's what's so tricky about healing is even when we get ourselves out of situations relationships, jobs, whatever it may be, sometimes we still carry with us that energy and the old fears and limiting beliefs. So as much as we physically remove ourselves from situations, we have to make sure that we emotionally, mentally, and spiritually also separate ourselves from it. And how I worked through this with Allie was really helping her, one, leverage her therapist more. You know, I love that she is working with a therapist and the CBT therapy is helping her with her anxiety. But I also really encourage her to share more about the things that she's afraid of and to be a little bit more vulnerable and not to edit herself. Because the other thing about growing up in the household that she did and having the relationship with her mom that she did when she felt so judged is she's a bit of a people pleaser. So anybody that's in an authority position like a therapist is going to feel parental And so it's very common for her or anyone in this situation to slip into childhood patterns of people pleasing, only saying what I think I'm supposed to say, so on and so forth. 
And so she's really got to break out of that pattern and start being more honest with her therapist and really see him as a support system and as someone she's hiring to, to help him and not someone that she needs to please. Otherwise, therapy is kind of a waste of time and money. Another thing we talked about is that she doesn't feel very trusting and has a problem trusting others. Well, of course, if you're raised in a fear-based home, you're not going to feel very trusting. So it begins once again with ourselves, really trusting ourselves and trusting our higher power, whatever that is. And I think a big reason that Alice is having trouble trusting herself is because she doesn't always show up for herself. So she sometimes puts herself last, like being late to the call. And believe me, I was fine adjusting to it. I had the kind of day that day where I could be 15 minutes late and I could really hold that space for her. And I didn't bring that forward to punish her or to reprimand her. It was more to point out, fortunately, I had the space to be able to still take the call. But how many times has she missed out on something because she's been pleasing, saving, helping someone else that she's put herself in the back seat? Uh, you know, on the back burner and miss out on something that was really in service to her. So if trust is an issue for you, really look at where are you breaking your word with yourself? How are you breaking your own word? Do you really trust yourself? And how can you really prove to yourself you can trust yourself by honoring your word and making self-honoring choices and making self-care a priority? We also talked about her relationship with her mom. Her mom was very religious and strict, and that's very, very common in a fear-based home. Of course, if you're growing up in war and you escape from that, it's incredibly common to be conditioned to orient to fear rather than love because it's traumatizing in so many ways. And it puts a person into fight or flight until they really do the work to release the trauma. That's why I really encouraged Alice to not focus so much on trying to save or help or empathize or encourage her parents because that would be hard. (laughs) One, she's the daughter and we want to make sure that we take our rightful place in the family. And two, like I said, her parents have been through a lot and it's way over her pay grade. It's way over her level of expertise to think that she can really change them, save them, influence them in any way. But what she can do, what she can do is break this pattern of fear-based thinking for herself. Break this pattern of kind of living or fight and fight or flight with the anxiety for herself and generations moving forward. And then often what's likely is sometimes that can affect the generations behind us, our parents, our grandparents, et cetera. Not always, but we always have to start with ourselves. And I I just have to say this a gazillion times because I know a lot of you really need to hear it a gazillion times to to have it soak in. Making self-honoring choices is not selfish. You are not here to save anyone else. I repeat, you are not here to save anyone else. You're here to really save your own soul. Well, it doesn't really need saving. There's nothing wrong with it. It's more about connecting to your soul and nourishing to your soul. And a big roadblock for Alice was that she internalized her own mother's judgment and fear. So I really coached her to parent herself, which is another theme you hear on this podcast. And luckily we have the example of Tyson, her cat. The way she's with Tyson would be such a beautiful way to be with herself and other humans. You know, why deprive her of that love? I haven't asked her, why don't you deserve love and connection? What's wrong with you? And you heard, she thought about the answer. rather than going, nothing's wrong with me. So again, that reveals to us, there's that belief system that something is wrong with her. 
And if Alice or you see yourself as damaged or broken in any way, it makes it harder and harder to fix yourself because you think you're damaged. Can you just accept who you are, where you are, and your path? We've all had our challenging past. All of us. So rather than orienting to it as damaged or broken or so much or it's so hard or it wasn't as bad as other people's, maybe I shouldn't really focus on it. Maybe I should just move forward. Really honor your path, whatever it has been, but don't let it be your future. Don't let your past become your future. Honor your soul's path. Look at the lessons. Look at what you're learning. Like I asked Alice, you know, shift to a higher perspective. Why did you choose the path you did? There's a reason for it. And you might know that reason, or it might take a lifetime to know that reason, but you might as well start asking, you know, what am I really learning? What has all this really taught me? Cause that will start to give you clues. Again, we all have our tough roads in our unique way. Shift to a higher perspective. Why did you choose the path you did? You are not a victim. You are not permanently damaged or broken. So circling back again to the savior archetype, this is really where one identifies with saving other people or being a voice of advocacy or fighting so hard for others that you often leave yourself behind. So instead of being a savior, can you shift to really being of service? And you can only do that when your cup is full and reverse that golden rule. A lot of you do unto others way too kindly and don't do unto yourself kindly at all. I'm not saying don't be nice and kind to others, but do unto yourself as you would do to others. So, so important. So some takeaways for you. Be honest about who you are trying to save. If you are identifying with going out and rescuing the world, changing people or whatever it may be, it's time to bring the focus back to you. Next, break generational patterns without any attachment to changing or teaching or helping your parents. Do it for you. Do it for the generations to come. And if it has reverse impact, bonus. And consider the savior archetype. If that resonates with you, look at how you're trying to save yourself and or get love through saving others. And finally, tell yourself things about yourself that are amazing and the things you really want to reinforce. You heard me catch Alice when she was like, oh, I'm so good at helping other people. I'm like, we're a little too good at that. (laughs) Let's reel that in a bit and talk about you. So tell yourself and tell others the things you think about yourself are amazing. You heard how much more connected I felt to Alice after she shared that with me. It's not bragging. It's not bragging to own who we are and what we love about ourselves. So we connect through our vulnerability and our challenging times, but we also connect through our celebrations. So don't hold back in celebrating yourself. All right, everybody. Thanks again for listening. If you enjoy the show, make sure to share it, leave a rating on iTunes. I always appreciate that. And I will talk to you all again on Saturday for Coach's Corner. Don't miss it. I'm Spencer Pratt. And I'm Heidi Pratt with Gunner Pratt. The Miracle Baby. And this is the Hashtag Make Spidey Famous Again podcast. On podcast one. We will be discussing the hottest action to ever hit the multiverse. Crystals, espresso, hummingbirds, celebrity gossip. Parenting. Of course. (laughs) Make sure to download new episodes every Wednesday on podcastone.com, the Podcast One app, and Apple Podcasts. Yeah, and make sure to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. And keep your hate on somebody else's podcast review. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you, so please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. Blessings.